2: Hey, Nathan, you just got back from where? From Austin, Texas. Oh, it's got to be hot in the summer. (laughs) 99 degrees, 90%
3: humidity, and no breeze when we were shooting. What were you driving? I was driving the vehicle behind me, and if you guys can't see it, it's the 2022 Toyota Corolla Cross.
2: So we're going to call this the crossover episode of TFL. Uh, talking cars because, uh, well, we've got uh, a bunch of crossovers that we're going to be talking about, and that includes the RAV4, the CRV, the Rogue, the Mazda CX-5, of course, the Bronco Sport, Slash Escape, the Tiguan, and the Forster. That's a lot, Nathan. It is a lot. But
3: think about it. Most automakers are now only making crossovers and trucks. I mean, that's the truth, especially the big ones.
2: Actually, it's TFL Talk. I'm sorry, Consumer Reports. You guys have been doing the talking cars longer than we have. so oh, we, Yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah, we kind of rebranded it to TFL Talk. <laughs> Want to start over? No, we can keep going. It's fine, actually. Uh, I, I love listening to uh, the Consumer Reports podcast. So uh, much, much love your way, guys. And if you're looking for a good podcast, listen to those guys get deep into the woods. Yeah, after hours. <laughs> after hours. All right. So let's talk about uh, your little trip uh, to Texas. Uh, tell me about this vehicle. Where does it fit into the turtle lineup? Okay. So Right now, Toyota has,
3: with this vehicle, one of the more extensive lineups when it comes to crossovers. And that's because you start with their base model, I would like to call it, which is their CHR. The CHR we've had before, and we'll talk about that in a minute. It's
2: kind, of, kind of a European. It, it's, it's small, and it doesn't quite fit. It looks American. like a rally
3: car, but it really isn't. It's front-wheel very drive-on.
2: Stylish. Very
3: stylish on the outside. It's It's not... What I would call a crossover because it does not come with all-wheel drive in the United States in other markets They have uh, a variety of other powertrains. We only have one.
2: Yeah I remember I saw that for the first time at the Geneva Auto Show Mm -hmm. uh, Before it came to America and like I I had a sense that this was really kind of a crossover designed for European cities, right? Mm -hmm. So you could get it in a hybrid. So it's very fuel efficient, right? Uh, And they were bringing it here because of course we love our crossovers (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but there were a couple
3: of problems. What they did is they put a fantastic suspension system in this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it handle's really good, but they put a rather anemic engine and a CVT in it, and the vehicle is far too slow. Have you sat in the back? I tried to. Yeah, I know. It, it was. It's not very roomy in the back. There, are, there, there are a lot of flaws. The the benefits are that it is. It's a solid vehicle. It gets decent mileage and all that. But the CHR really didn't compete against vehicles from Honda and from you know from the big three, really. So, well, sort of the big two, I'd say. So. Then there's this new one, the Toyota Corolla Cross. That goes just above the CHR. That's in terms of size, in terms of equipment. And I can't talk about pricing or driving impressions, but in terms of overall packaging, I can say that this vehicle goes a step above that one. And then right above this one is, of course, the RAV4. Yeah, we'll RAV4. talk about that in a sec. Oh, yeah. RAV4, one of the best-selling vehicles in its class, for a good reason. The best-selling
2: vehicle in America,
3: dude. Yeah, one of the best-selling, uh, well, cars, not because trucks are sell, outsell cars.
2: Yeah, the Ford F-150. But Any, anyway, um, let's talk about the Corolla Cross. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a trivia question. By all means. Uh, and this will explain why it's called the Corolla Cross and not the, you know, the ZRV or whatever. I think I know where this is going to. <laughs> What's the best-selling car in all of history? Exactly. People think it's... 50
3: million, over 50 million Corollas sold since uh, it's in in 1967, I believe, is around the time it came out, around 1973 in the United States. And since then, there's been front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, turbocharged, supercharged, coupes, hatchbacks, wagons, but never crossover.
2: Yeah, people think it's the Beetle, but it's really the Corolla. And that's why I think Toyota called it the Corolla Cross because they're leveraging this really popular vehicle is very, you know, well-known name to now be a crossover, which Uh, we all know Americans love.
3: Indeed, but there's more. There's more. Yeah, because what they did was they actually took a lot of Corolla and put it in this vehicle. So the platform is shared. Well, actually, this is shared with, believe it or not, Um, This is a Prius platform, it's the TNGAC platform that's been stretched and moved, but the interior is almost directly out of the Corolla. Most of the components in the front are the front end styling. If you look at the headlights, if you look at the taillights, they're very similar to the Corolla. They did a lot to make it look like a stretched Corolla. The wheelbase and everything else very close to the Corolla as well. So what they managed to do is they actually took a vehicle... And instead of just somebody throwing a name on it, like a lot of the competitors do, they really did take a lot of the DNA out of the Corolla, including some of the running gear, and they put it in this vehicle. So
2: what's under the hood?
3: Okay, so you have a two-liter, four-cylinder engine. It's the only engine currently available. It puts out 169 horsepower and 150 pound-feet of torque. It's hooked up to a continuously variable transmission. But Roman, ouch! wait, ouch! it's the Toyota CVT, which is better because it actually has a real first gear, And then it goes from, second gear is basically when the CVT kicks in, but it makes a big difference Uh, with most vehicles in terms of performance. I'm not going to discuss this vehicle's performance, but in terms of other Toyotas, it is still one of the better CVTs out there if there's such a thing. So,
2: How about fuel economy?
3: uh, I'll get to that in a second. Front-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, those are the two options. With front-wheel drive, you can get up to 32 MPG, I am allowed to say this, and with all-wheel drive, 30 MPG combined. Mm -hmm. That, in terms of numbers, when you compare it against the competition, is nearly best in class. That's before you get to hybrids. So, what does it compete with? A lot. So, I think the the, the main competitor would be the Honda HRV, mm-hmm. which is about to go through a major change. Um, the Honda HRV is, uh, in some ways. Uh, one of the best-selling vehicles, in, one of the better-selling vehicles in the class, but there are a lot of other ones in this small class that it competes against, and that would include the Rogue Sport from Nissan, and then the um, Chevy Trax, the Ford um, Eco or Eco Sport, depending on which side of the bed you roll it out of. <laughs> Um, sorry, I can't. And depending start, I, who
2: you talk to at Ford. I know. I mean, who, who you talk to at Ford, it's, it's crazy. they, they all like, ah, uh, Echo Sport, Sport. I, I,
3: it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. So, um, so basically,
2: this kind of the small crossover. Yeah, Jeep one, Renegade. Yeah, one segment below the, the, the mid mid uh, size crossover mainstream vehicles like the RAV4. Yeah, yeah.
3: This is actually a subcompact category. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and there are some slightly bigger and there are some slightly smaller. But overall, uh, it it sits in the sweet spot of that category. And with that, there are a couple interesting little tidbits about this vehicle that we're not going to get yet, but we might get very soon. Like? A hybrid. Mm if you're able to watch this if you're watching this video and you see the image behind me or if you look at any of the ones that are available in the united states first thing you'll notice is that there's an interesting cut in the front bumper and the reason that cut is there is because normally there are lights that go there up. Ah, but that's for the overseas version of this vehicle which is a hybrid
2: I bet you will get a hybrid. Yeah, well, if, the, if, if I was a everybody man, at Toyota
3: think, said, stay tuned.
2: Yeah, I bet you. If we, if I was next a year, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Of course. Um, and that one will be very similar to the way the Toyota Rav4 hybrid, the regular hybrid, is set up. So there'll be a hybrid, a front-wheel drive version, and then the, the all-wheel drive one will be uh, an electric motor powering the rear wheels.
2: Now I got to see and sit inside this thing when I was in Toyota like two months ago. At yeah, in Austin
3: or no uh, Dallas.
2: Uh, yeah, outside of uh, in uh, Plano. Plano, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what struck me, Nathan, is just how big it is. For a small vehicle, there's a lot of room in this thing.
3: That's what the big change is. And this is the thing that um, when you guys watch, we have two videos that are coming out. Actually, one that just hit and one that's about to hit. And you'll notice my big, large American booty is able to get behind myself, not with a ton of space. When I had the seat all the way back... I had enough leg room and plenty of headroom, but my feet were actually a little stuffed underneath. But I have really big feet to 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 a certain extent. Um, and Satan, so, are you bragging? <laughs> it, it's a long story. About Leave my that feet. for your wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving it out of this one. So the point is, is that uh, comp- when you sit in the back of a regular Corolla, like the hatchback. Yeah. It's really tight, it and, it, tight. It, and the room in the back is not good. In fact, it's one of the lower ones in the class. This makes up for it. And one of the things I noticed when I was riding around on this is like, okay, you know, it's bigger, it's heavier than, you know, the little Corolla, so to speak, but not not much. And I was thinking, hmm, you know, if you have, I buy a front-wheel drive version of this, a base price, which I can't mention. But if I were to buy one of those, it makes more sense. And,
2: and let me just be clear why you can't mention it. There's an embargo. An and embargarino. He's in, yeah, and we got an email from a dude uh, this week uh, who said, you know, that the manufacturers are using embargoes to kind of, um, well, to, to, to shape the story, basically. To And oh, this is not the life. case in the automotive world. The reason they're doing these embargoes, for the most part, is because they want to give the journalists the chance to bring out their stories at the same time. So while Nathan can talk about, you know, all the features and the size, we can talk about driving impressions. When is is it? Or pricing. Or pricing. Uh,
3: September September 9th, 9th, I I believe. Yeah, Yeah, September 9th. But what we do at TFL is we'll do a video which shows you everything that we can uh, and goes over the numbers, and then the more detailed video comes out when the embargo drops, and that one talks about driving impressions, pricing, and then all the other features yeah, so, on so top we, of that. Yeah, so we kind
2: of do a hands-on, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's
3: that's what the first video is about. And,
2: and that one is actually up on TFL Now. Mm-hmm. And if you guys uh, are confused, like I am, by all the TFL channels, don't worry. We got you covered. Yes, indeed. Go to uh, tfl-studios.com uh, where we have all of our videos, all of our podcasts, all of our news uh, in one place. And you can just go there and you can see all the videos as we publish them. And then you don't have to go between the different channels and find these videos. So that one is, I think, the top video right now in TFO-studios.com.
3: And that is fabulous. It's funny, some videos fly and some just don't. Um, but let's go Let's go quickly onto the final tidbits about this yeah, okay, vehicle. Keep going. Um, according to Toyota, there'll be 29 accessories available at launch. It means special roof racks, a hitch. Uh, it can tow up to 1,500 pounds.
2: Oh, uh, I, oh, let me interject here again. Yes, uh, go ahead. It. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we kind of ran out of trucks <laughs> to take up the uh, Ike Gauntlet. Uh, so uh, uh, Nathan and Andre have been doing a series of videos. We're well, actually doing them called the Tyke Ike, where we're taking these small crossovers up the i gauntlet. and you recently took a key up there that's right and that video is available on tfl car it's on tfl studios it's there oh it's on tfl studios yeah, so go look for it there yeah you'll find it and
3: there. the cool thing about that is that we are doing something that a lot of americans uh... are not which is we're actually evaluating a vehicle before we uh... tow with it uh... and while we're towing with it uh... over a million trailers were sold last year during the major pandemic rush and a lot of people went out and bought them but a lot of those people did that with small crossovers and SUVs, and they've never towed before, so one of the parts of the series is showing how the car tows, and it's also some consumer information for those of you who have not had an opportunity and, to tow,
2: and let's face it, we run that car up the world's toughest towing test. We run it from 10,000 feet above sea level to almost 12,000 feet to the Eisenhower Tunnel and see how it performs, just like we do with the big boy trucks. So it's like an eight percent grade. Eight percent. It's, it's the steepest allowable grade in America. Yeah. Over eight miles, and we time the vehicle. We see how it does downhill. And while you were in Austin sweating, uh, Nate Andre actually was taking the ID4 up the Tyke. So he took the electric VW up to Tyke and he almost got stranded.
3: Which, that in itself is worth watching when Andre loses it and his eyes bug out. I mean, I, that's... He was,
2: he was brave, dude, because we, we were trying to arrange test, or he was trying to arrange test, plus an Ike gauntlet. So, we filled it up to its max, and the car said it was like a 280 miles of range. Uh-huh. And then we hooked it up to this uh, trailer that we borrowed from our friends down the street called Colorado Teardrop. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not a big... It's a 1,500-pound trailer. Yeah. It's the same amount that this little guy can tow, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, Andre, you think he can make it up to the top of the Ike and back to to Boulder on one battery. He's like, I'm gonna give it a try. And keep in mind, it's like 75 miles one way. So it would have been like 75 miles straight up a mountain and then, you know, 75 miles down the mountain. Right. So when he got to the top of the Ike, he was at like 40%. And then he <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's, I don't know if you're gonna make it back. Uh, and then he was gonna go to uh, Silverthorne where we have the, uh, the electric, Electrify America chargers at the Walmart. Right. They were all full, dude. They were all full. So he said, screw it. I'm going to drive back down. And he almost ran out of juice. Anyway, that video is coming up this weekend. It'll be up on, once again, TFL-Studios. You'll see it there or TFL car. Well, what's an important thing to note here is that this vehicle,
3: the Cor- uh, Corolla Cross. 1500, you said, yeah. 1500. This vehicle will be, as long as as long as long Toyota sends it to us, equipped with a hitch, will be going on the Ike gauntlet.
2: Tyke on Ike. the Tike Ike. Yeah, you know, we've, we've been actually having an interesting uh, time with that because... Not only do a lot of these vehicles don't have a hitch, right, uh, but they, of course, don't have a way to uh, brake uh, the trailer if it does have brakes. Because right. you usually have a four-pin connector. In order for the brakes to work, you have to have a seven-pin connector, and then you also have to have a way to tell the Trailer, if it has brakes, when to brake. So it's a lot trickier with a truck with it, than with a truck. With a truck, you just plug in a 7- You plug it in and, and then you're able up, to yeah. you know,
3: hook up the, the way the brakes work. There is one other option which is, of course, a surge brake thing and that's a whole different thing where, yeah. where the brake, it's, yeah. And usually those are
2: like boat trailers. Yeah,
3: usually they are boat trailers but what we're going to do is hopefully maintain this series for a little bit and make sure that you guys get some good consumer information because the whole point here is that Towing a little tiny trailer with these things is awesome. You're getting much better mileage than you would with a big pickup, and you're able to put your family well, in there and of go off. What
2: did you get with the Kia? Uh,
3: well, I, it's in the video. Uh, I want to
2: say it was like 7 and a half, eight. But this is doing the
3: hill. Uh, it was around 8 miles per gallon, if yeah. I recall. But that thing also flew up the hill. That turbo was really powerful. Um, And and when you look at the results, bear in mind that that's going up and down this major grade. It was the Sportage, by
2: the way. It was the
3: Sportage, which is about to be completely redesigned. So this was sort of the last hurrah for the old one. And this all-new one is coming out, I think, in the next few months. And we'll be, hopefully, getting one of those up there, too. All
2: right, so 28 accessories, among them being uh,
3: 29, I believe. And, yeah, the, the hitch is one of them. And that hitch, you can also put, you know, a bike rack on and all this other stuff, roof rack stuff, stuff for the interior. Another thing that Toyota did. They have, I believe, 22 Easter eggs throughout the vehicle.
2: (laughs) I know. This is Jeep's fault. I blame Jeep entirely. I blame you, Mark Allen. Uh, Mark Mark,
3: Allen's fault entirely. The designer
2: of Jeep, he put the little shoes. Remember that Rick Payway? Yeah. Rick Payway is is like this this legend among jeepers he's been wheeling forever he's, he's he had, a writer and a i think he was a four-wheeler or editor he's done almost every yeah. off-road magazine out there and his like calling card was that he never wore shoes he only wore sandals and so he became good friends with mark allen and then if you have a jeep and you look in that little piece of plastic that's underneath the windshield on the passenger side you'll see a little pair of sandals yeah flip-flops like basically like in the plastic right not yeah. real sandals just you know little a little, little stamping like, yeah and, and that uh, is one of the easter eggs and then jeep of course went crazy with it now everybody's doing it it's like a thing
3: yeah and if you look at a regular jeep like tommy's jeep that he just recently got you'll find a dozen
2: different little things with the little jeep logo all over the place on that vehicle. you know our bronco if you look in the gas cap oh, uh, yeah, there, that's there's right. there's three A first generation, there were three different Broncos, right? There was the one that everybody thinks of, which is the kind of the crossover one. Right. Then there was the uh, half cab, which was a pickup truck. We we had
3: that one for a little while. Yeah.
2: And then there was a roadster. People didn't know that actually, Bronco made a topless (laughs) vehicle, and so all three of those are in the little gas cap oh that's cool i didn't realize Or above the little gas little hole where the gas is you'll see it there anyway so mm. what what pray tell what the, oh you know what toyota does too mm. in the latest uh, 2022 uh tacoma in the headlights on one side it says trd and the other side it says pro if you have the trd pro
3: which is really cool but also something that honestly i, I think it's getting a little out of hand but okay, whatever great. um so this car yeah. remember this is this is made for consumers and this is really aimed towards a like a first car for someone, a first new car. So having that pride in ownership, and then saying, "Oh, and look at these little Easter eggs." So,
2: so like, there's a little payment check. That- <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not that. Yeah. Once again, the next video, the, we'll, we'll tell you the pricing on these. Um, but it's it's a uh, sketch that they used for the actual outline of the vehicle, the silhouette of the vehicle that is imbued throughout everything that you're going to see in terms of all the um, PR media for this car. So. In the vehicle itself, in door panels, hidden under the hood, under the, you know, near the windshield. All right,
2: all right, let's do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some of the top uh, uh, Easter eggs from the vehicles that we have owned or that I know of. Uh, and you tell me whether you love them or hate them. Well, it's pretty okay. simple. Okay. All right, all right ready. TRX okay. has an actual TRX uh, dinosaur uh, underneath the engine cover uh, above the Hemi. Yeah, you got to pull a little piece of plastic yeah. out. Yeah, Love it or hate it? I love it. Okay. Uh, the Jeep Wrangler has a little flat fender Jeep. Hate it. <laughs> going up and over. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I hate it. All right. What else is there? Those are the only two I could think of. Flat oh, okay. Oh, oh uh, yeah. The uh, TRX... Uh, has like all the technical specifications uh, stamped into uh, the armrest of the...
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's useless. I hate it. It's a cool idea, but I hate it. The, it uh,
2: Honda uh, Civic Type R yeah. has a Formula One uh, vehicle stamped into the, uh, uh, ar- not the armrest, but the little cab cabin underneath the armrest. Yeah, I hate that one, too. Okay, all right. Is there
3: any you love? No, just the one with TRX. I just like that one because it's funny. Okay. It makes me laugh. Um, all the other ones, I, I here's my thing uh, with that, and I, I really hate to put everybody down who's designed these things, cause it takes time. I think that they put a little bit too much effort into making things cutesy, and in my mind, it's like, well, maybe you could have done a little bit more to make this better or this better. I When I see all of the, you know, one Easter egg doesn't bother me, one little thing on the windshield, or one little thing on the headlights, no big deal. But when they stamp the hell out of the car and they put them everywhere so you find them later on, I find that to be a little bit of a, a waste of resources.
2: Hey, guys, let us know in the comments below what you think of uh, the Easter eggs. And I bet you I forgot a lot more. I'm going go through my memory of all the Nearly ones Nearly every seen. automaker does Easter eggs now, oh. including BMW and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. let us know which ones are your favorite, and do you love them and hate them? Yeah, go ahead and yell at me. I know you guys are like, oh, that's
3: the best thing ever. I Sorry, I just think it's a little waste of resources. All right, so
2: what were you we saying is, a, is the Easter egg in this guy? It's a little... Oh, they're, they're,
3: it's, it's a silhouette uh, sort of sketch of what the original idea for this vehicle was. Oh. Now, there are some important things to keep in mind in terms of its silhouette, by the way, and its overall design. And the picture that you guys see behind me if you're watching the podcast, it doesn't really show it. Unfortunately, it's a white one. But if you look at the other colors, including the green one that we used in the videos, you can actually really see the fender flares. And they actually went through a lot of trouble to flare these fenders out to make it look more muscular. Uh, That also goes to these little plastic components they put in the fenders, which of course means off-roading. Uh, 8 inches of ground clearance, just over 8 inches of ground clearance. Approach and departure angles, uh, not the best in business, but they are are better than, uh, way better than that CHR. The CHR has the worst approach angle of any vehicle that's ever been called a crossover, ever. In Colorado, it actually plowed my driveway. I didn't want it to plow my driveway, but it did when I brought it home. So this vehicle has a much better approach angle, and there is the fake armor, of course, which is sort of every vehicle in this class has it. Uh, So you look at the front and the rear, and you see these little things that look almost like they're metal. They're not. The rest of the vehicle, however, is fairly logically laid out, and there's not a lot of extra chintz on it, which I actually like for vehicles in this class. So many other ones look way too manly and aren't capable. This one, simple. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you about the all-wheel drive system
2: in All right, head. before you do that, let me do another love it or hate it, okay? Yes, please. This is a new trend that I've been noticing. So, obviously, for a long time, when you had, like, a truck, uh, you could get a regular old truck tire or you can get, like, an all-terrain tire, right? There were two kinds of tires you could get for a truck. So, for instance, you could get, you know, the the, the, the typical work truck tire, which would last a long time but looked like a regular tire. Or if you were going to off-road it, you could get, like, well, if you're… If a you're, mud-terrain or something. Yeah, like if you're bridge zone it's a mud terrain or an all-terrain if it's toyo it's an open country if it's a wrangler right if it's a wrangler it's uh what are those things called well, they're doing
3: uh, the Nitos
2: and the, the Bronco now has the territory, the yeah. territory because they got rid of the. It's a Wrangler actually. They got rid of the Wrangler. Uh, the Grabbers. Geo- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gra- anyway, so there, were, there were all these like hard, uh, very aggressive, big tread pattern. You know, um, very like looks like you could go up Everest with them. But right. now there's this new trend. The first time I saw it was when we had that Ridgeline Line, and what Honda did on the latest Ridgeline Line is, of course, they made it look a little bit more off roady, right? So they put oh, they, they put about, new cladding yeah. on it. Uh, they also you know put dual exhaust on it, and one of the things they did was they created a tire that on the outside has a very off-roady pattern is that firestone i think it could be i forget what the what it is okay but it is it could be a firestone but it's or it could be a it could be a good year okay. anyway uh, the tire has a very on-roady tread but a very off-roady look to it from the outside right? yeah that's
3: because the, the, the side there's chunky side uh, right. components on the uh, yeah
2: and i was talking to honda and they were like we're very happy with this tire because it gives you the comfort of a the problem with those big mud terrains of course is that They're loud. And And then they're they're bad for efficiency. And they're bad for efficiency. So they were like, well, we got the look that we want, and we've got the comfort that our customers want. And that's now, I just noticed that BFG has introduced a very similar tire to that. So there's this trend of creating like these off-roady looking tires that really have on-roady driving characteristics. Yeah, yeah, they do. And um, Love it or hate it.
3: That's a tough one. And then the reason why is because we drove another vehicle, you may have forgotten, that had that tire on there. We went to Las Vegas and we drove the Pirelli Scorpion tire. Remember that one? Yeah, I remember the Scorpion. And that one was one of the earlier versions of this tire. Yeah, the Scorpions
2: where, have been around for a long time. There's right. different versions of Scorpion. Now, but
3: yeah. now they, are, they are aggressive enough to do light off-roading, and they're considered a light off-road tire. But if you look at the side bolster on them, It's you know the sidewalls look chunky and like they're ready to do the car, but it's really not. And there's a scorpion on them. Yeah, there's a scorpion. Scorpion's really cool. (laughs) Actually, that's one of the tires that would fit on my Mitsubishi, by the way. Um, And I and it's it to me that tire was okay because it could do light off roading. I'm totally cool with that because they were honest about it. But some of these other tires I think are a little misleading. So I would say I hate it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I, I do too. I'm I'm always like you know it's like. Uh, it's like fake hood scoops, right? Either mm-hmm. either be what you are and I get I get that you get the fuel efficiency of an on-road tire and the the cor- look the look But you know get one or the other, you know If you're gonna have a hood scoop make it functional what? if you're gonna have an all-terrain tire make it functional
3: I got to be honest with you. See this is this is the one thing that I think that tire makers are doing they have a lot of light Duty off-road tires that are perfectly fine on the street. They might be a little bit louder but they they look cool and i think that that's a good medium making a tire that is absolutely not capable off road it's just a street tire with you know with it looking like it's capable might fool drivers perhaps
2: someone who buys it, well, it used well it fooled us with the defender i mean if you if watch <laughs> oh, that defender God, that video where tommy you know we had these goodyears on the that- so you can get off-road tires a Defender, mm. uh, and there are these Goodyears that are basically well useless off-road because we blew two of them on on a rock. Well, the sidewalls are pathetic on those things, right? And then the wheels you, were too big. Yeah, you got twenty-inch wheels, right? And then you put this. Uh, off-roady tire on it that has maybe what would you say that thing it had like two inches two of, inches and change sidewall and yeah. you hit a rock with it and it just blew out the entire side yeah
3: there was there, usually there's you know seven ply six ply ten ply this this is so like, so I mean like I, I
2: get the fact that it's comfortable and fuel efficient for on-road use and you know but then if that one time you need it if it's gonna blow out by the way we weren't the only ones who blew it out um, what's his name Casey Nystrom also yeah he, he had, had a, he, a major blowout yeah he, he did the same thing he blew it out on that so so yeah that, that that is just you know What's the point, right? And 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 yeah. So you're going to get better fuel efficiency. But Nathan, we had to leave that uh, defender up on the trail. I was there, and I remember laughing. I mean, I remember the whole situation. Yeah, you were. Um, yeah, you, you know that we. I mean, there's nothing you can do.
3: No, and, and you guys then, blew both tires, and then you were you were done.
2: And then getting it down, you know. Luckily, we had. Uh, a friend who runs the local Land Rover dealership in Denver. And so he happened to have four wheels and tires off of a Defender that he kind of upgraded that he lent us. So we could actually drive up there, change it, and then drive down. But, you know, you're going to have to use, like, a recovery service like the YouTube channel. And that's not cheap, dude.
3: No, no especially up at, at Redcomb where we were. Oh, no. and yeah. we, that, that would have been a very expensive tow. You, 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 well, how long did you wait? You waited for, like, an hour for us to try to get this. <laughs> I waited and relaxed and laughed for an hour. You did. I, well, I, I, you know, it's you know I saw Roman bring the thing up there. And I thought, oh, really? That's not a – and he knew it. You knew it, too. I mean, we've done enough off-roading where we knew it. But the hope was that these tires would be beefy enough to take it and that Land Rover knew what they were doing in their best experience. Because it was an off-road package. Yeah. It was their off-road package. Now, we got yelled at, you know, Well, why didn't you put different tires and wheels on there? Well, you know what? Sorry, guys. We drive the vehicles as they come from the factory. Now, by the way, going back to this vehicle, these are street tires. Yeah, However, you could put on, there are packages out there, including from Be Goodwrench and from Wrangler and all that, that are semi-off-road
2: little mud terrains that you could stick on these cars. You know, and that's a really good point you bring up, uh, and we should talk about this, Nathan. Like, when we do the Ike or the Tyke Ike, right, people always say, well, why don't you, like, on the way down, why don't you manually shift it? Uh, mm-hmm so that, you know, you're, you're holding the vehicle to the speed limit instead of letting the car, uh, you know, zip up to 65 and then do the brake application and counting mm-hmm. brake application. And the reason for that, and it's the same reason that we don't swap tires out on these vehicles is these are reviews and tests of the vehicle. If you think about it, if we're manually shifting that vehicle then we're testing the driver. Yeah, that's the driver who decides at a certain RPM to shift it down. It's a test of the driver. And some
3: vehicles do have um, uh, grade braking. They actually have the capacity to do that. Um, Some SUVs do it. Even some crossovers have the ability to figure out that they're towing and that they should drop a gear on their own.
2: So so if you wanted to buy that car and, you know, have Nathan drive it down the hill for you. That's great. I I come cheap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he does. Uh, You know, go ahead and hire me. Um, Or, Or with the tire situation, you know, if we swap tires out on it, then, you know, it's not what you guys are buying. It's not what the manufacturer... The manufacturer actually spends a lot of time, energy, and talent figuring out what tires to put on the vehicle. I mean, it's, it's like figuring out, you know, what color to paint it or, or what engine to put in it. And so by us swapping it out, we're no longer than testing what the manufacturer is producing and what you're buying. We're testing our ability to pick the right tire. And now, what, Bert, what you, Once again, if people want to use you to, to pick their tire... I'm happy to help you with tires, too. I come cheap. The, the thing,
3: uh, the, one, the one important point here is that... um, We do some winter testing with some winter tires. We've done that before, but we're specific on those videos telling you Hey, this is what we're doing. We're testing the tire not the
2: car. Yeah, Tommy and Alex did a great video last year Fantastic video and they worked their butts off on Uh it. Uh, Let me quickly go into the all-wheel drive system. Yeah, let's talk about it Yeah, what's the Um, two-wheel drive and all-wheel
3: drive. mm -hmm, That's right So you can get a front-wheel drive version which of course is their base models and then for X amount Which we'll discuss with the later video you can get all-wheel drive now this vehicle has Almost an identical all-wheel drive system to the Toyota Camry all-wheel drive. Now, if you recall that vehicle, which we've had before, that had a four-cylinder with an eight-speed auto and all-wheel drive. So, this vehicle has a component from that. It has the all-wheel drive system. That means it splits torque 50-50 front to rear when needed. It's a fairly simple mechanical system, but... In my experience with the Camry, it worked really well, and we drove it
2: in snow, and we actually... That's that's actually good news, because, like, the Prius has that really not great system where it has its own electric, uh, motor in the yeah. back, right? And it only, like, I think uh, provides, like, seven horsepower to the rear wheels. I'm talking about the Prius all-wheel drive now. Yeah, the it's Prius a, all-wheel drive, It's which, a much different system.
3: Yeah, and that all-wheel drive system, the, the same idea may be coming in the... Uh, later uh, version of this hybrid, car. Which yeah, don't know the yet. hybrid, but we don't know for sure yet. Once again It's not confirmed, but this one has that system um, So you have that and then you have it mixed with your CVT. That means that doling out torque and everything else It's based on the CVT as opposed to the 8-speed auto by the way You may be wondering why didn't they put the 8-speed auto in here, right? Why not? Packaging That's you know, this is a much smaller
2: vehicle than the Camry. So I, think I, about it that way you know, I'm <sighs> And I I'm, i don't know if this is true because I've never had anybody actually, you know, confirm this to me. But I'm starting to believe that the reason that, that these Japanese manufacturers just go instinctively with the CVT, and I'm, of course, not just talking about Toyota, but, of course, Subaru is the biggest proponent of that. And so is and Nissan. So is Nissan, and so is uh, Honda, to, to, to a smaller extent. It's because it's cheaper. Why else? Well, yeah. well they, they put a lot of money developing these things. Now, but, but there's no German brand, Nathan. And German, let's face it. Germans are, not the Japanese aren't serious engineers, but Germans, you know, they, they, they test their vehicles on the Autobot. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of one German car that's sold in America that has a CVT. Uh, I can tell you that Germans actually were one of the ones who, who took and,
3: CVTs first. And then they went away from and them. And then they went away from them. Yes. Um, so the very simple way of looking at a CVT, and I'm not going to go into a whole CVT di- diatribe of what I like and what I hate. It's a very simple thing. The idea behind a CVT is quite good because there's fewer moving parts, infinite number of gears, infinite amount of gears and very, very efficient. And if it was done correctly, could be something that's actually good for doling out power. Different automakers have a different way of looking at it. JATCO is one of the largest purveyors of CVTs and they've had some failures and that is the, Nissan, been, models, the yeah. Nissan models. Well documented. Yeah. yeah well documented. Actually, some of their smaller cars too. but. Uh, The CVT that's used in this Toyota is different because it does have an actual gear, first gear. It's got a first gear. Then it goes into the CVT. And For many people, they believe that that solves a lot of the issues because you have that rubber band feeling otherwise. This one mitigates it. This is based on my experience with other vehicles that have had this transmission. But The other side of it is it absolutely takes the spirit out of the car, even when you hook them up to turbos, which Nissan's done before and so have others. Uh, I feel that a continuously variable transmission is something just for efficiency for guys who don't care about performance.
2: It's weird, you know, because like um, snowmobiles, side-by-sides, all these great off-roaders are, are you know, all equipped with CVT. Yeah, Polaris has
3: them and everything. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think the reason that it works like in a Polaris, and it doesn't work for me at least in a car, is because you're never at a constant steady throttle state in a Polaris, right? You're always like accelerating or slowing down because you're off-road, but you're never like on a highway going a thousand miles from Denver to LA. And that's when CVTs become really, uh, really I, annoying. I hate CVTs in traffic. They like, because
3: in order to accelerate with a lot of CVTs to get the band going at the right uh, RPM, you really have to go up to like three, 4,000 RPM just to get the thing to move right. And it seems like you're flying down the highway when you're only going 30 so miles and per Andre hour. Andre
2: and I took the Subaru uh, uh, Crosstrek up uh, the Ike yesterday. Oh, that must have been oh, fun. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, you should have seen that little Screaming, guy. Screaming, huh? Two liter, like, <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of those, when I was a kid, we had Cox. Remember Cox? Oh, yeah. Those little airplanes that you would like, you, you would like. Spin, you would, you, the ones that you would run yeah, around yeah, with? And, yeah, and, yeah. They'd you know. like, they spin it around your head right yeah, just fire on, on, a, on a string, and then they had this little tiny. It was just like that. It was like you know you'd start it up and it'd be like, yeah, yeah, super high pitch whine, and not a very pleasant one, I would imagine either. No, but no, it wasn't well, very
3: but Subaru has has managed to uh, upgrade their their CVTs over the years, and they've made them better and better.
2: That is acknowledged. They, they are getting better, but here, look, Toyota, if you put. You're, you're an eighth of the way there. <laughs> if you put one gear in it, give me seven more. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, there were some people who said, well, if you could do a first gear, maybe throw a second gear in there and then everything would be fine. The third And, and the rest, fourth? yeah, and then the rest, <laughs> or go back to a four-speed, which by the way, Toyota had one of the longest lasting front-wheel drive vehicles with four-speed automatic transmissions. And when they got rid of the four-speed and they started bringing out six, eight, you know, all that, people were screaming, oh my God, the four-speed was the best thing in the world. And it was, it was really good. It was really efficient, but it was also really slow. So if you look at the performance of that old 4-speed versus the new CVTs that they have, they're about the the same.
2: You know, you know what I don't get, though? Like, uh, maybe we're just enthusiasts, and maybe we're getting a very small slice of the market. And maybe these companies do better market research than we do. They certainly do a better market. But, you know, I think one of the things that we're good at, right, is kind of knowing what the zeitgeist is, you know, what the prevailing kind of thought is of the car buyers out there. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, I've met very few people who— Actually, like CBTs, you know? And, 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 that, and,
3: and uh, see, that's where we're different. I've met a lot, and that's why really, I've, I've changed people my, like them, yeah? Yeah, well, here, here's what happened. I'm not and talking I, about enthusiasts,
2: I'm talking, no, no, about, no, just I'm talking about your yeah. average general yeah.
3: people. I, I, we all represent different types of people. Buyers at, at TFL. Roman, I like to say, is on the top half. That's why he drinks tea and has his pinky up. Um, I'm near the bottom half because Dude, I, we, I, really,
2: I. We just bought a, 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 a Civic uh, Insight. Yeah, th- the, I, and the the first th- gen with <laughs> 212,000 miles. That's not a exactly Roman rolls his
3: eyes as he walks past it every time. A, a tea <laughs> sipping. You should smell it. <laughs> I don't want it. To. I really don't want. It. So the, the thing, but what's important is that you know we have Tommy who represents you know the youth market. We have everybody. I think we've covered all the bases. Yeah, I cover right. the basis of a lot of people on the bottom who, you know, are, are getting their first car or, you know, are doing limited means. And I see a lot of people saying, I love the fact this car gets great mileage. I really don't need high performance as long as it lasts. And that's what their bottom line usually is, as long as it lasts. But they don't. Well, they do with some brands. Uh, Toyota has had a really good uh, record with their continuously so, so variable t- transmissions.
2: So, you know, we, we did the series and we're going to be publishing it hopefully next month. I'm talking about October for a few bucks less. Uh, yeah. well, well, we took, we bought... Three vehicles for under $2,500 and then took them up and over imaging pass.
3: After we fixed them up a little and, bit. And
2: Tommy bought a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was a 91, I want to say. No, I thought it was newer than that. But, but I, wait, yeah. anyway, it was uh I think it was the second gen. Yeah. Right? And the, you know, the, the, I, w- I I went with him to get it and the guy who was like, "Hey, I've got some issues with my son. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be late meeting you." End up showing like 45 minutes late. And then when we're driving at home, of course, the uh, check engine light comes on and it turns out that of course what he had been doing is clearing that light. Yeah. He um, went and flashed it himself. I've experienced that myself. Yeah, and then, you know, that it turns out that that check engine light was the same thing that happened with our ram truck when we did to Hell and Back, where the transmission basically was shot. Yeah, sorry about that. So so we had to take it in. And, and, <laughs> that's my fault. And, and Tommy actually fixed it, but it was $2500 to fix. Yeah. So a new transmission basically. But yeah. that jeep had 250,000 miles on it. Yeah, oh. and it was it was a really solid choice. And it choice. made 250,000 miles on one transmission. I don't know any CVT that's going to go 20. 000 now, there have been plenty of them,
3: including some Nissan JATCOs, and I have had people sending me emails. I do this Ask Nathan thing every week, and, yep. and people have sent me emails saying, I swear to God, it's the best transmission ever. If you treat them right, and if you're lucky enough to not overheat them and not overextend them, yes, they can work quite well. Day-to-day drivers find that they're quite good, and they're very similar to driving you know, an electric vehicle to a certain degree. I have my issues. So does Roman. Because it sucks away high performance. The other
2: side of it is, is that it's not many of them, but some of them aren't are reliable. Oh, it, just, it just makes driving uh, not fun. Mundane. I would say mundane. It's like you know, I might as well just drive a toaster with four wheels. Yeah,
3: but you know, you're going there. I'm going with the person who doesn't really who just needs an appliance to go back and forth to work, which millions of Americans right. do. Right, and I'm with you. They're, They're fine me. with that.
2: I'm with you, but you can get the same vehicle. From a different manufacturer with a regular transmission. Well, right?
3: that and that's what's important is that even Toyota's starting to acknowledge. You know, uh, not many people really like CVTs, so we're starting. We're putting them
2: in Camrys. We're putting them in other vehicles. Or, or here's a novel thought: get a manual. Oh God! <laughs> I, well, it's <that's laughs> great for a theft deterrent nowadays. Exactly. And No one's ever going to steal and, it. But and yeah,
3: unfortunately, manuals are are now. I think we they just dropped from three to two percent. Uh, uh, I know it's sad. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's
2: just sad. And with electric vehicles, they're they're, they're going to go bye 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 bye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: But uh, one final note on the uh, Toyota Corolla Cross, Uh, it will be in dealerships in October. So shortly after you're hearing this, they will supposedly be there. Now you may be asking, what about microchips? What about all the shortages? Well, some of those vehicles, this is according to Toyota, have already been equipped and are ready to go but yes they're going to be even, most likely affected so by Toyota
2: that. said that basically after that uh, tsunami right earthquake in Japan they actually stocked up on chips so that they wouldn't have this issue and they still have the issue but even they burned through their ship but chip. they managed
3: to go much further and, and much deeper into this whole issue than a lot of other automakers yeah. so only recently did they cut to 40% or cut 40% 40%, of, yeah.
2: announced 40% cut yeah. but
3: they still have enough inventory to satisfy most people so this vehicle it may be on dealership lots and you may be able to actually get your hands on one. Uh, but I highly recommend watching both of our reviews. They're different. Oh, oh, Roman, I forgot to tell you this. One of the reviews, I actually get to take it off-road a
2: little bit. Wahoo! I can't wait to see it. Nobody else did that. I did. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in our, we have two podcasts we do. We do this one that Andre does uh, sometimes with you, uh, Talking Trucks. Yep. Uh, and in that podcast, since Andre's out of town right now, I just interviewed the uh, CEO of Ram. Oh, far and I, out! I asked him, you know, about what, you know, is this chip situation. And he said, you know, we thought that we were going to be through this, you know, by now. Yeah. But he said there's no end in sight right now. He said it's still, you know, they're working hard, but there's no end inside. I predict January is when things are going to start easing up. That's my prediction. I don't know. You know, Because could, they're building more plants to build the microchips. I hope so. At some point, it's got to ease up because I just drove by the Jeep dealer, uh, and they have a couple of Grand Cherokee Ls, and that's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think they had one used, when I went by there, there was one used uh, Gladiator,
3: like, sitting on the side. Uh, they, you know, inventory, especially in places where, you know, we're not coastal, so inventory for us is hard to come by. And, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I'm curious to your thoughts also on inventory and how it's going in your state.
2: So, the, by the, all means, let us The other thing know. I asked them about was, you know, are we going to go back to the days when, like, you know, our favorite dealership here is Johnson's Auto Plaza? Yeah. We buy all of our uh, Jeeps and Rams. From them, uh, Chevy products as well. You know, at one time they would have 500 trucks on the lot, mm-hmm. uh, and he said they're not going to go back to that model. He said that they're going to be anyway. If you want to listen to that whole interview, it's over at Talking Trucks, or just go to TFL Studios and click on that link when it's up. So yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, I think we're in for uh, you know some more rough seas. Uh, prices are not coming down, as far as I can tell. No, it's one of the reasons I bought a used vehicle instead of either a newer used vehicle or a new vehicle. And by the way, prices... if you want to know about Nathan's vehicle, we did a podcast. Just click on an older version of it so i don't want to go into that because we just spent you know, <laughs> a, whole a lot hour, of time on it all we're talking about so let's go to our next topic and that is the most popular cars in america which used to be of course mid-size sedans like the camry and the uh, accord but now they, now they are uh, cars that are crossovers so these uh, well more uh,
3: actually more the next the size point, up the next size up so which would be the toyota rav4 so, and the honda CRV. so i'm
2: going to go down the list i'm going to leave the rav4 at the end because that's the most popular car
3: yeah, uh, it, it trades. It, it, who knows what it is this month with everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, but it, usually there there is like
2: four hundred thousand units a year. Give oh, or take. even more, give or take. Uh, so let, let's start with uh, the one that's uh, just got announced. The newest announcement is that uh, they just uh, rolled out the newest version of the Forester, the Wilderness. You know, that's the like lifted off roady one, right? That has a uh, yellow. Uh, Indicators where recovery should be. I don't know how else to. to. Well, no, it's, it's it's a unique color. It's no, I no, think no, it's no, on no, skid no. plates. They, got, they have little yellow, little yellow plastic indicators. Where you would put the recovery hooks? There's no so like no. There's about no recovery it. hooks. No, no. There are little yellow tabs where the, the recovery hooks should go. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. B- but it might look cool. It does look cool. Okay, but, well, but there are no recovery. it's just that's where I'm sure it probably has
3: the screw-in thing that you can use and all that. And that it was, probably has that island. Yeah, um, well, it has to have it if they're does, coming? Does it to have different. a better engine transmission setup? Uh, you
2: know, I just know they announced it today. I don't know. I don't think no. There's no difference in the output. Uh, I, Zach told me uh, it's got I think a little bit of a lift. So I yeah, want to say it looked, it's like the picture it looks lifted i want to say it's got you know instead of eight point whatever it is seven inches it might have more like 10 inches of ground clearance yeah so i, I mean it
3: is so it more had, cladding and probably better tires i would imagine although yeah. it could
2: be those could off-roady be. fake tires could be the off-roady things uh so what do you think of the Forster
3: um generally it's it's a perfectly good vehicle i i really wish they didn't put a cvt in it i mentioned that before because i think off-road it, it's better with an auto but
2: its packaging is really good.
3: I, I, solid.
2: I would say, I don't know, because uh, Subaru doesn't loan us cars.
3: Yeah, they don't. We have to buy them or borrow them. You know why? Uh, we can go into that if you want.
2: No, no. I, I don't know why. I'm just saying... Oh, well, do well, I know I, why? I, because they don't value honest and uh, independent reviews. That would yeah. be my guess.
3: Yeah. Uh, the bottom thing for me on this one is that I they just didn't like what we had to say, which was not all positive about a vehicle. and. They just decided to pull us out. Which is funny because we are the biggest prevares of videos for the Rocky Mountains, which is a place no, 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 where no, there's no. tons of Subarus. We're, we're
2: the, we've got the two biggest channels for truck. We've got the biggest YouTube channel for truck and the biggest off-road channel except for Mike's Recovery. I can't compete with that. Yeah, you, nobody can. But,
3: you know, <laughs> it, it's it's a shame. And uh, Review channel, we, we own our own Subarus for that reason. And every
2: person at TFL has had a Subaru, pretty much. You know what's happening recently, which mm. is a little worrisome. Uh, I think Polestar is certainly doing this. When they get a loan, uh, they... Ask when they give you a loan, they specifically make you sign an agreement saying that you won't, for instance, with the Polestar, range test it, Mm-mm. or compare it to another vehicle. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got to figure out what to do with that because, you know, at some point uh, we value. I hope you value honesty and integrity. Uh, and how can we get a vehicle and then basically sign away? A waiver saying that we won't like do the most important thing you can. Well, do, which I, is I, a range I think test, we, right. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I wouldn't
3: sign the waiver, Roman. If they're not going to give it to us to test it properly, then that's that's on them. I'm, that's, I'm kind of
2: I'm kind of leaning toward like, hey, if you guys want us to review it, we'll do an honest and fair review. But if you're going to say we can't range test it, which is what everybody cares about, yeah, on an electric vehicle. By the way, the Polestar is is a kind of Volvo spin-off up market brand, which I think looks really they look cool, incredible. Yeah, yeah they're awesome, awesome. looking inside and out, and.
3: I, I hopefully they'll come to their senses. You know what we can do? We can do an aerodynamic test. And in that aerodynamic <laughs> test, oops, it ran out of range at this point. We don't know why.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, or something like we can label it something else. Anyway, uh, you know we haven't had that issue yet because we haven't had a Polestar to review. Yeah, uh, but other outlets have. Uh, so I, I'm seeing a lot more of that where the manufacturer is trying to kind of, in my world, dictate the terms of the review. So they'll say we'll lend you a car, but under these conditions. And I think at that point we'll just say no thanks, we'll take a pass, and we'll figure out some other way to get it.
3: Yeah, that and that that kind of bodes to what we were doing with Subaru to a certain degree. You know, we, we we can only play the game the way you guys want it, which is as fair and as honest as we can be, and we're all, always honest about you know
2: our own personal prejudice towards vehicles, and, and vehicles you know, or powertrains. I would think that you know part of our job, besides of course being you know honest and independent, is you know holding the account, holding the manufacturers accountable to what they say they're doing. Right. Right. I mean, a manufacturer can say this car has five thousand miles of range on a single charge, and if then they lend it to you and they say you can't run a range test. What, what is the purpose of the review?
3: I agree 100%, and I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. Once again, in the comments, let us know what you think about that. Um, so we were talking about the competitors in this class. and So not, let's keep going, yeah. So yeah. The, next,
2: the next one, and actually, uh, um, this is one that Zach and Case just went and Test drove the new version of it, or the updated one, the Tiguan. So we have had a lot of experience with. We've the had a ton of Tiguan's. It's yeah. thrown them at us. Yeah, yeah, Tiguan's. Uh, you know, uh, I think Zach recently said that they just sold over a hundred thousand units for the first time. For
3: Volkswagen, it's really good. Volkswagen yeah. has. They they've been pushing uh, SUVs or crossovers I should say for a while and they finally realized a few things one Americans are not thrilled with buying extraordinarily expensive Volkswagens which is why certain ones have
2: just not done well here yeah like the CC uh, well, the CC wasn't too bad the, the, but the uh, Python, uh, Python Python no, no. the uh, Phaeton. 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 The Phaeton. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Uh, the Ar- Arteon. That's another one. that uh, It's, it's
3: not doing great. And, and the Turag also didn't. The Tourag, which is an amazing vehicle. We've proven it. But at the same time, remarkably expensive and very expensive to maintain. That's why they and went America, to the Atlas. Yes, they moved to the Atlas specifically for this market. And they managed to sell quite a few of those now. That's why they have a, uh, Atlas Cross now. Which is basically one without the rear seats. which makes, um, and then they this this Taurig um, or the Tiguan. The Tiguan is similar in terms of size and shape to say a Rav4, but they do provide a third row seat, which is one of the few vehicles that does it in the
2: class. But on top of that. I think they're near-class leading space. Yeah, what they did, what they did was uh, this is a kind of interesting. I remember, a, a long time ago, I don't know, like eight years ago, I think I went on the launch of the American Passat. Yeah, uh, and you know that was when midsize sedans were ruling the roost. Yeah, and their claim to fame was the best legroom in the rear seat. Yep. And I think they copied that formula with the TIG one. Yep. Because if you have the two row one, and I'm, is there still a third row? I don't, I that, That's the thing. I'm not 100% I wanna sure. Say, I want to say they got rid of the third row. You'll have, have to it. watch the video that uh, was just put together and see Yeah, I want to say it. they got rid of it. I, I forget. I, saw I, a went, I went on the, uh, I, I went and did a video of it, but I did so many that sometimes I forget. But anyway, if you get the two row one, uh, you've got the most backseat room out of any. Uh, it, it is an impressive it's, it's, amount it's, it's of room. Ama- it's amazing yeah. back there, yeah. yeah.
3: And, and then much more
2: room behind the rollers. Yeah,
3: above. so you have cargo space and you have a, a two-liter turbo engine and an actual automatic transmission and uh, all, a decent all-wheel drive system. So all of that is imbued in this vehicle, yet it is definitely not competitive number-wise. With the CRV or the Rav Four.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, now this one's kind of—I think it's a little bit smaller. It's out out of the class, or maybe it isn't. The Bronco Sport and the Escape. Yeah, The Bronco Sport uh, is no, actually a smaller class. Is it, small, is it smaller class? Yeah. Yeah,
3: the Bronco is 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 more on the uh, like, like the, um, well, Dude, just I, what I just
2: tested. I, I felt so bad. We, me and Tommy just took the um, Bronco and compared it. Uh, to the 4Runner, um, uh, 4Runner TRD Pro, uh, yeah. of So that video is coming. Uh, but we were driving along the highway, and a Bronco Sport pulled up next to us. And I was looking down on the Bronco Sport, and I, in more I, ways than one. No, I was just uh, kind of, come on, because you're on 35s, right? Yeah. And that that driver was just like like looking up at me, like I was. I felt I felt bad. I was like, sorry, you dude. Felt wrong. You felt like God. I did not. I was like, I was like, you, was like, you know. could just see you it in and your size. puny little crossover. Look at me in my truck. You could just, and and, and I think I think. What Ford should have done, and far be it for me to you know tell Ford what to do, because of course <laughs> that goes over really well. Yeah. It but, does. but but they probably should have done the Bronco first and then the Bronco Sport. Well, yeah, because, I because agree right with now, you. Right now, it, you kind of feel like you bought the Bronco, but then the real Bronco pulls up next to you, and you're like, oh my god, what the hell did I buy? With a cute little horn, beep beep, yeah. as opposed to this, bam, rap. Yeah, it, it, they're very different. I.
3: They're not the only ones who have made this mistake. Do you remember when Nissan introduced their Titan XD first? Yeah, first before and and it's like everybody's like, I don't know about that. And then they did the half done Titan, which is going to be their
2: volume seller. It It should have have been the other way around. Was the Cummins right? The diesel. Well, well, as an option, but that yeah, we always scratch your head. Why not do the new Titan first and then roll out the yeah? And that that was the bean counters or someone figured that out because almost every PR guy's like, I don't know.
3: And that's a similar thing, but Ford still sold the hell out of their Bronco Sport. Yeah, they are,
2: yeah, they're selling the hell and out of
3: them. perhaps they, they read the tea leaves and knew that the big Bronco would
2: have some issues getting out of the factory and into but consumers dude, hands so there was a, there was a person there that came up to us and they were com- and i think this is not just this person this was in uh, Ure, mm-hmm. right they were completely confused they were like is this the bronco or the bronco sport yeah i've seen a and lot of that there's a lot of, i think my a lot of, pulled that yeah people do not know the difference and I, I finally lost my stuff
3: because yeah. you know it's just like lady you're married to a guy who's been in this industry for two decades so i i politely said honey if there's a Tire hanging off the back, and it looks really mm. tall. Then it's probably the big Bronco. Yeah. and I, uh, you know, I said it in a condescending, horrible way, and it I slept play. on the couch. Yeah, I, I on
2: the couch. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah.
3: So, uh, but uh, going back to the crossover, the small, the, this class of crossover, the the two top guys, CRV
2: and RAV4. Hold oh, no, on, we're not there yet. Oh, we're, we're not, not there? We're, no, we're, not, we're getting there. Right? What else are we missing? We'll keep, we'll keep going. So anyway, my only only comment on the Bronco Sport is it's probably the most off-road worthy in this class. So it's got the GOAT mode. Without and, a doubt. And we've taken it off-road. Forget the Escape version, get the Bronco version. Uh, yeah. Bronco Sport version, don't get the Escape. I think it's also cannibalizing sales because people like me are saying stuff like that of the Escape. But it's, it's cooler. It's cooler, yeah. But anyway, yeah. If you want a really good off-roader out of all these, get the Bronco Sport. Now, uh, the one that uh, is the most popular vehicle in this brand's lineup is of course the CX-5. I'm talking about the Mazda. Yeah, Mazda CX-5 is the most sporty of
3: all of these yes. if you get the turbo. Most fun, even,
2: to, most fun to drive on the most road. Fun,
3: even without the turbo, it handles fantastic. With the turbo, you have the excellent handling and a really stout engine not the most fuel-efficient but if you're buying it you're most likely getting it because it looks cool and it goes fast
2: and there's a new one coming I believe
3: Well, yeah, is uh, updating their entire lineup and we will get a new they also I mean they just recently introduced the CX-30 and it's doing very well for sales as well
2: and speaking of new cars another one that's uh, very popular and Nissan's most popular car of course is the new Rogue Right, and there's two different rogues. There's the rogue and the Once rogue again, sport. Yeah, like Bronco and Bronco yeah, sport. Yeah, there, but there's a theme here, Nathan. Yeah, there, is. <laughs> there um, is.
3: the 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 rogue. So the rogue sport and the rogue really there's, there's different sizes. The rogue used to have a third row option. Now it doesn't, and there's simply you know different wheelbases and I believe beautiful interior. Nissan's really stepped up their game with interiors, mm-hmm. but um, it is. It does have a CVT, and some people, you know, ding it for that. But I thought that there was, and Tommy thought that the Rogue was a very comfortable ride.
2: I agree. I think it's it's the value proposition out of all these. Yeah, uh, and it certainly is uh, one of the most comfortable. And it was fairly full of fuel efficient, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, in class. Uh, like I say, I really think they have upped their game, like you said, in the interior. It's Nissan's
3: a, starting to hit it out of the park. They got some toys coming that are well, impressive. Well, the Z, dude. Oh. The Z, the, the, oh the new Frontier. The Z, the new. Frontier. I think that that I still think the Pathfinder is an excellent vehicle too. So they're definitely moving up in the right direction. They, finally, they,
2: they haven't gone once again more off roady. They should, but I think that with certain trucks, they're getting better. And uh, but that's the We'll go to a Nissan podcast in the near future. i want to do a series like you know, and this is this is so like, oh my god rot with danger because it it would be fun but oh god it would be dangerous you know how do we fix the brand right we (laughs) kind of tried played with this a little bit before and you know people threw fire bombs but uh,
3: I, i do think that there are certain things that certain automakers can do to fix themselves or perhaps things that they've been doing right. We can also talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but going back onto to the Nissan Rogue, just to, to, to tie this whole thing together, uh, the Nissan Rogue is a very good value proposition. And for those of you who are looking for a comfortable, luxurious ride for a good price, that is probably one of the best in class for that.
2: And then let's talk about the two most popular ones, which is uh, the CRV, the Honda, and, of course, the RAV4. That's correct. Now, the CRV and the RAV4 have
3: something in common. They both come... They both sell like hotcakes. They sell like hotcakes, yeah. and they both have a, a variety of different versions, especially the RAV4. But both of them have your base model, they have an all-wheel drive model, and then both of them now have... Uh, hybrid yeah, versions. That's right. Just last year, well, a little over a year ago, Honda introduced their hybrid version of their CRV, and then the RAV4, of course, has their own version and they're very different philosophies but both of them deliver on quality, both of them deliver on drivability and both of them deliver on popularity. And utility. They're both utilitarian. Um, I would say that the Nissan actually has a little bit more cargo space, and so does the Tiguan, if I'm right. Um, But in terms of overall usability, and also, you know, honestly, if you're buying either of these brands, you're buying into the whole hype about uh, reliability. Uh, Both these vehicles are are, are doing very well and
2: highly rated. Let's face it, a couple, maybe not more than a couple years ago, like uh, Top Gear did this show where they took all these midsize crossovers and they told, like, these... campers with them, right? That was many years ago. But yeah, yeah. Many years ago. And then the joke, running joke, was that they couldn't tell them apart. They kept getting into the wrong car. Yeah, that is pretty funny. That, and it, it is true. I mean, no, it, it's, it, I
3: disagree they, with that. Well, it's, I, well I, I, back then it was true. Look,
2: they're, all, better. they're all a different flavor of donut. <laughs> um.
3: Yes, no. I
2: mean... <laughs> they're all donuts, <laughs> styling-wise. So yeah. so for me, between the C R B and the RAV4, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that the RAV4 is a little bit more attractive of a donut, but they're all kind of just... The, the off version
3: of the, the RAV4 has like extra... Yeah, they kind of stuff, got, and it looks
2: a little more, more meaty. Meaty. Yeah, yeah uh,
3: they don't really have an off-roady version of the CRV. However, the CRV actually has a fairly decent all-wheel drive system. Um it works just fine. It's not amazing. Other vehicles in the class may have a more uh, aggressive off-road system. So as we mentioned before, like the the Bronco Sport which sort of kind of competes, that vehicle is what you want to take off-road or perhaps maybe the Jeep Cherokee is, yep. it, is that in that same class? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Cherokee is
2: really good offer. The um, the darling of of the RAV four lineup, of course, is the one that the CRV doesn't come, which is a Prime, right? Which is a plug in. Oh, line. that Prime is a beast. Yeah, Sofian just bought that from yeah. Redline Reviews, and that has you know a limited amount of all electric range but because it's got such a big battery and I forget the kilowatt hour battery size it's it's a pretty good size it's though. a pretty maybe it's 20 something like that anyway because of that it's also the rocket it's the quickest of them all like was 400
3: pound feet of torque yeah, or something it's, it's, yeah it's quick uh, and they let you use it too yeah,
2: yeah, yeah so I think that's the one that if you want kind of the sporty slash most innovative one that's the one to get and it, also out the of most all ex- the ones that it competes against I yeah. agree also However, the most expensive
3: yes thank you it, It's re- so you get into this vehicle and you're in a 25000 thousand dollar interior driving a nearly fifty thousand exactly, yeah. dollar cr- crossover, and that that that's where we took an issue with. But yeah,
2: and, and if you're like an electric car fanatic or you know you're into that world, the charging rate isn't great. There there are, you know it's funny people in the electric car world uh, hate Toyota because they think the Toyota doesn't want to uh build electric cars which may be true right they, uh, they,
3: well yeah if you want to go to the political side of it yes to a certain degree they're they they do not want it ha- to
2: happen right they, they they came out with their hybrid drive they their think, hybrids are excellent yeah they think it's the solution so why should we go and change everything around and compete against tesla when we've got this great anyway so so but that's the one i think i would get if i had the money um and if I wanted the most off roady one, I'd get the Bronco Sport. If I wanted the roomiest one, I'd get the Tiguan. If I wanted kind of the most value one, I'd get the Rogue. If I wanted the most Honda one, like, and there's a lot to say about a Honda, right? There's something about a Honda. They just build really honest vehicles. I think that the handling on Hondas in general is usually better
3: than most of the competitors i like the way that the crv handles in fact i I recommended the turbo version to a friend of mine and he absolutely adores it. i
2: just think there's something like very honest about a honda it just it's not pretentious it is what it is it Mm -hmm. does what it sets out to do it's it's there's and most of them are very reliable yeah 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 and the subaru we don't know because i have not driven one so
3: yeah so the old subaru i drove i thought was decent It, it, it was one of those vehicles that prevented you from screwing up even if you tried to screw up and that perhaps is the one big selling point uh, I know a lot of you are like, oh, no, off-road, it's the best. No, it's really not, unless they do maybe, perhaps, something like this, where they lift it and add things to it. I, we'll I, see.
2: I think the next Uber we buy is, is not going to be the wilderness. It's uh, not It's not going to be, you know, any of the new ones. I want to get that old Forrester XT Turbo. Uh,
3: you should. And they did, if you second generation, you can, find you, one. C-
2: you can find a manual. If you can find a manual XT Turbo. That thing will
3: outperform. I guarantee you that will outperform the, almost the, everything. The, prob-
2: the problem is they were all, like, chipped and... You know, Dropped. After, exactly. uh, there's and kids in my neighborhood in. who lower them. I know, crying ex- out loud. Ex- exactly. Yeah, they were. They're like uh, an Evo or like an STI. We're gonna it. have to go out of state to find one. I think. Yeah, if you could find like a clean, unmolested one, that'd be the one. To, and they're not cheap. They're expensive. And right now, any used car is expensive. So yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's been a it's been a rough few months in the auto world especially if you're looking you know it's, it's that real estate problem let's say that that you're looking for a house and you've got a really nice house mm-hmm. you could sell your really nice house or car for a lot of money but then you gotta buy something for a lot of money that is so true i've actually been dealing with something very similar to that
3: and yeah if you can get you know let's say a million dollars for one thing yeah that's awesome but all of a sudden you have to pay 1.2 million to get something else all of a sudden you're screwed and it's the same thing in the car world. And I, I'm sorry to say that a lot of you guys are going to be paying huge premiums to buy either new or used cars.
2: Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for spending uh, you know about an hour with uh, Nathan and myself talking about the new uh, uh, Toyota. And, of course, uh, well everything else that's going on at TFL. Uh, once again, thank you to our Patreon members who are helping support this project. Yeah, podcast. thanks. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. Yep, and then uh, thank you uh, to all of you viewers. I don't want to you know leave you guys in the dust because without you, we couldn't be doing it. And right. remember, if you want to go to tfl-studios.com uh, and see all these videos in one place, and check out last week's podcast where you can figure out what vehicle Nathan bought. Yeah, I'm sorry to do of that it? too. <laughs> Did you fix it, by the way? Uh, no, not yet. Is it, it stalling still?
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it still has a fuel injection issue, which we will be taken care of in about two weeks. There you go. But uh, it runs just fine. That's what
2: counts. All right, see you guys next time. Ciao. Bye.